I chose our genre today because it just was kind of in my head since I just started teaching Romeo and Juliet to my students. And um, I realized like when it comes, like while I'm coming up with my stuff here and whatever, I realize I kind of have a complicated opinion of it in general. Uh, so I kind of just figured we'd start by just sharing. Um, what do you guys think about movies in particular that are just love stories or I guess you could say like books too, but like, that's the story is it's, it's a love story. How do you feel about that? Um, I, it could be good or bad. I don't really think the genre itself is bad or good. I just, I feel like I'm not the target audience <laughs> and it, it, it's kind of the, I don't know. It's kind of a mean thing to say, but it's like, these movies aren't really made for me. I'm not the, the one in the seats. What do so, you? Well, that's interesting. Who do you think it's for? Uh, people that don't have a lot of love in their life. <laughs> I don't Maybe. Know. I mean, I don't know. Like my, you know, my mom. It's like the only movies she really likes are just kind of like cheesy. Like she, she just watches Hallmark original movies just yeah, all, I, all the time. That's I was just totally gonna say, watches. yeah. My mother is also big on Hallmark movies. Yep. So I, I guess in my grandma. head, it's like, yeah, moms, <laughs> moms and grandmoms, I guess is, is who they're shooting for. I, yeah. I mean, my, I mean, there's the notebook. <laughs> Everybody likes the notebook and Titanic. Everyone likes Titanic. I mean, the box office agrees with you on that one. I mean, like my, my take on it is that I think that love is a very important part of any story. You know, if there's two people in love, and especially if the circumstances surrounding that romance are are interesting, um, then yeah, I Which mean, is why sure. we always hand wave it in our episodes. Like, there's, there's, I think that it, that love stories are important, but I I think that it's hard for me to justify writing a story that is just about a romance and like that's it. Yeah, it's well, got- on the flip side, yeah, on the flip side of that of. It's a little bit strange how it seems like every movie needs to have a romance. Yeah, well, like, like I think it's important. Like, okay, romance is real, and it happens, and it's worth telling. But it's like, put, it, put that same kind of standard onto any other genre. It's like, okay, we're not going to just tell this story of something that happened, and it's like, hey, beginning, middle, end, <laughs> things happen. What if, it's every, like, what if every movie needed a car chase? Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is like, I'm interested in a love story that's interesting, you know, but I feel like a lot, like the Hallmark original things, like, have you ever actually watched any of them? Yeah, not like beginning to end, but I've walked in on some and I throw up a little bit. Yeah, isn't it, isn't it just like melodrama, like exaggeration of something that could happen to anybody kind of thing? It's the next like step from a sitcom, from not a sitcom, a soap opera. So, yeah. And it's like. Yeah. Why? You I think, know, I think I saw some of those in like our theology class in high school. Well, like, um, and in, I'm, I'm sure someone found Jesus. Well, and in real life, though, like romance happens while other things are happening. You know, like romance is never just the center of what's happening. Well, in real I, life. I believe a lot of those movies have more than just the love story happening. It's the, sure. like the main thing, but yeah, maybe they're going to war in the background. Yeah, like that's that's what I'm saying is I feel like if the ah. the circumstances of a love story aren't interesting enough, then the story is kind of not worth telling. Yes, that's kind I agree of with that. That sounds like a good, yeah, a good point to pull off of it. Andrew, you agree with that? Yes. 
Cool. All right. Well, then we are starting off on a on a good note today. <laughs> Welcome to Genrebot, the group writing machine. We're the podcast that takes three original characters, put them into a genre of film, and we workshop a three-act story. Uh, I'm Vic, and I'm ready to go. I don't know. Somebody go next. Fire, ice, and everything mice. I'm Adam, the mouse squad number two. (laughs) And I'm Andrew. My life's a romantic tragedy. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a funny coincidence. Uh, you Actually, know. that's not true. Uh, my life is a regular tragedy <laughs> because of the lack of romance. I mean, maybe it was just written back during the Romantic era. Oh, yeah. Maybe, wait, what? How? What? I don't understand. The, there was a Romantic era of... Anyway, our genre for today is... How was my life written back then? <laughs> I don't know, it man. It foretold. Have you heard to... Nostradamus' 82nd quatrain? Hey, Adam, do you know anything about, like, uh, John D or uh, or his friend uh, or their hot wives or whatever? No, so our genre for, t- our genre for oh, today God. is a romantic tragedy. Hey. Hey. Um, I mean, little bit, oh, no. A little bit outside of our regular wheelhouse of stuff. Uh, there will, well, likely not be any monsters or aliens or magic or any pichu-pichuing. Um, uh, hopefully not. No. But uh, delete. So my my Although basic. There was a talking dog last time, so who knows? So as as a as a follow up to our opening bit here, because uh, my 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 description here says it's it's a story that is primarily about a romance between two people, but it has an ending in which everyone loses. Like it is not a happy ending. Something bad happens. Um, as an example, um, I mean, this all, I, I think the, the greatest example ever of a romantic tragedy is Romeo and Juliet, um, which so, has, yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's many, many movies and stories have been told like, you know, West side story was Romeo and Juliet and that's a more modern example, but not to undercut uh, that at all, but do you have any other examples? Cause every time I thought of this, that's like the quintessential one and everything's well, kind of well, in, I have, a, I have distant background. All right, cool. Yeah. 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 I, I had to start with that. Like I, yeah, I normally think of Ro- a Romeo and Juliet as more like a black comedy. Um, it is. I mean, it is comical the whole time. Like it, the stuff between <laughs> Romeo and Juliet is that's not romantic at all. They're just dumb kids. They're really, yeah. really dumb. People probably no. laughed at the times that they were talking to each other. But anyway, right. not like um, a Shakespeare comedy. So, it so, is tragic. so we got that. We got Moulin Rouge. We've got uh, Titanic, uh, Somewhere in Time, A Walk to Remember. And uh, City of Angels, uh, that one, man, that one sucks at the end. Uh, and then this one, 
I felt like I would throw it in just for cultural relevance of the time here. Um, I think that La La Land had a lot of tragic romance like elements because like it, it had that that ending where it's like the whole movie you were rooting for them, but then at the end they end up not together. The ending's more complicated than that, so it's not necessarily a spoiler, but it's it's you know it's. I yeah. feel like it, it was. It's it, worth it, mentioning that it has some elements of that. Some of the greater themes they're going for. That's a type of story that's that they're yeah, kind yeah. of yeah. So, yeah, I mean, unless there's any more you want to throw on there, I, I thought those are some hard hitters that that kind of follow this format. Yeah, yeah, Titanic. Uh, it struck me as a, oh yeah, they didn't just do Romeo and Juliet. That's a whole different different go round, and the box office agrees. Yeah, well, yeah. T- Titanic. It's like. That's the thing, like, you know, it, there's something to be said about movies that have you rooting for something the whole time and then just take it from you in the end. You know, you know Romeo like, and Juliet could have fit on that door with Jack Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, uh, um, Ro- the first Rocky movie, he lost. The whole time you were rooting for him and he lost. You know, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> every everyone loses there is no there are no winners in that movie and you know, it's like i just think it's if there's something interesting about a movie where the whole time it's building towards this thing and at the end it's just like no nope, no you don't get it <laughs> boba fett did pretty good what's that boba fett won an empire right boba fett. uh oh, yeah yeah i That's guess true. i guess he did you weren't rooting for him to win though i don't know have you seen how much people love boba fett <laughs> people loved his outfit slave one I'm, slave yeah. one slave one <laughs> yeah i really wish that boba fett did anything yeah, I, I mean, wish that same thing about robert muldoon and quint who doesn't have the rest of his name <laughs> all right um so there we go guys that's what we're that's what we're going for um so that brings us to our next segment which is tragic romance character time yeah so. Uh, but but hang on, uh, before we continue, uh, there's a question that I brought up earlier, and I, I'm curious about this. Um, okay. Are we doing a period piece? Oh, yeah, I got that text like five minutes before I got online. Um, I, I, I did not specify if we were, so I would say... Um, if you want to establish something about where this movie takes place, I think it's your prerogative. Well, I let me put it this way. If the genre insists that it's from a certain time like if we say you know time travel or if we say future or you know wild west like those kind of ground themselves in a time or or whatever but Mm -hmm. this one romantic tragedy i feel like i didn't if i didn't specify period piece then it it probably probably assume it's somewhat modern but honestly we've done movies where we just decided you know what let's make this in like the 50s and like that's fine we i don't want to put a limit on it let's see what we have for characters first Okay. Um, and I'm intrigued because will we have two characters that are potentially compatible or will we be doing some brainstorming for a love interest? Yeah, so, I, I really want to see all yeah, this all laid out. This is one of the few times that the characters we choose are actually like super important. <laughs> very important. It's like, really important that we strict uh, ourselves to a very serious uh, set of characters this time around, folks. Got, gotta oh, strict God. ourselves. <laughs> I, okay. Um, Andrew. 
Do you want? Yeah, I was gonna yes. say. Do you want to unpack and, that first? And Andrew's first. Let's okay. Let's, let's hear it. My character is named Anthea Forrester. Hmm. She is a fiery Irish redhead. <laughs> dot dot dot. From the waist up, from the waist down, she's Arabian, and I don't mean the people ethnicity. I mean the horse breed. That's right. We're talking centaurs. Is she really a centaur? Yes. Okay. Anthea was cast out of her herd for falling in love with a human, Little Mermaid style. Kind of. And now she needs to find a job in the real world. She got a desk job at an accounting firm, but now, ironically, she's way too busy with her career for romance. Also, if she doesn't return to the magical world before the sun feast, Hazardos Volatish, the thundering tyrant, will be released and initiate 10,000 years of darkness. If only she could get a date. I brought this on myself. Yeah, I, I asked period piece uh, for your own good. I, I, this is my fault. <laughs> that's an interesting way to spell Forrester. Oh man, yeah, that's what was on behind I love, the name. I love how like, you I tried to try to keep the most popular option. You know, like, I didn't want to get weird with this. Like Andrew just sent us his notes on this character, and I think it's it's hilarious how you you write your notes. To be, and then, like, as, like, knowing that you're going to say them out loud, because you write them, like, as you would say them. I'm just like, I'm a very good writer. I, I just don't like, I just don't like Hazara Dose, or whatever that is. Uh, you know those, like, little, uh, yeah. things, like the little things that say hazardous voltage and there's an electricity monster? Oh. That's, uh, those are the temples of Hazara Dose Volatish. I just don't think I've ever seen like a name that has a a hyphen and an apostrophe in it. Like that's 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 just to to get people angry. <laughs> oh no, definitely. You're not like, oh hey, there's a marriage explanation. No, there's just there's there's like, like to be an and, understand and a Andrew, like let me let me just highlight. I, you know what? Before we continue, I I have a question to to pose. Like how fun can a romantic tragedy be? <laughs> because it sounds like you're ready to have some fun with this character. And you know we're not allowed, right? <laughs> it's tragic. She's been ripped out of the magical world and into the regular world. Yeah, but... I also imagine, like, this isn't, like, a matter of national security or anything. Like, this is just a thing that happens sometimes. Sometimes people get kicked out of the centaur herd for centaur crimes. And, uh, regular people got to deal with it. Um, Adam, you may go next. Uh, okay, I guess it's all... Uh... All right, yep, I'll go next. So my character is Tobias. He's okay. a he's he's a he's a Spanish merchant prince. Mm. Yeah, he was uh, set to inherit a great fortune, but his parents were uh, lost at sea. Because he was not of age, his uncle Ricardo took control of his family's trade empire, and now fear and so uh, then fearing for his life, uh, he went to hiding as a sailor and kind of tried to get away from uh, from his his past. Now that he's older, he is eager to take back his inheritance okay so we're definitely going for a little bit of a period piece here which i like like kind of a mid fantasy ish <laughs> setting and, 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 andrew what uh what period are centaurs in 
uh, all periods because the heart of the horse beats within all good men. Horses are beautiful creatures, Adam. I don't know if you know this. How do they sit? Uh, they just kind of bend their knees and lay down. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I don't think they sit like dogs sit. You said no, a, you said I'll... a counting firm. I think it's like a standing desk scenario. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't think horses sit a lot. Um. All right. I'm already like I'm already sitting here like damage control. Like, all right, how are we gonna do this? <laughs> let, let's do let let's let's do my character and then get to work. I think we've got our work cut out for us. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, Okey-doke. this episode's gonna go exactly the way I planned uh, for once. Here we go. Uh, so my character's name is Alex Mensky. He's a 34 year old man that has just been released on parole. Uh, or I guess depending on what we decide to go with, he's just been released from imprisonment. Um, he served 10 years for committing a crime that he felt he had to for the good of his family. I didn't choose what family member or what crime. I'm figuring we can work that in later. Um, now as he returns to his home, he finds that things haven't changed much, but the way people look at him has. Perhaps more than he can ever overcome. So, like, basically it's one of those, like, you know, he paid his dues in prison, but, like, he hasn't paid them with, you know, his friends and family like they all kind of cast him out and think like he's just oh okay yeah so it's a john valjean scenario of yeah yeah, he he did his time but the world doesn't treat him the same like yeah he's a he's a convict so it's like you know they they just think he they just think he's like he's bad goods you know okay so we've got a uh struggling ex-con who's uh, struggling to uh, find himself in a world that doesn't accept him. Uh, a Spanish mercantile prince who is uh, who's on the run from a uh, crazy greedy uncle and a centaur. Not just any centaur, a cast, an outcast centaur. Yes, an outcast centaur. We've hey, got... Uh... Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting a pretty strong Simba vibe from Adam's character. Oh, I, I, oh yeah. I was just kind of like you know uh, Shakespearean fill in the blanks, <laughs> Shakespearean Mad Libs. Yeah, there. I mean, well, it's funny because I was thinking, I was thinking Hamlet, and then I thought Lion King, and then I realized it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's whip us into the next segment. Okay, well, now that we've got our three characters, that brings us to our uh, our next segment, which is story time. So uh, this is where we're going to take these three characters. We're going to put them into our mind blenders and serve up a uh, a chunky smoothie of romance drama with a tragic ending. Um, yes. Okay, first off, uh, re my thing. I don't think we need to separate the magical world from the regular world now. Like, it could just be like a... It could, like, it's kind of in a forgotten age where history and mythology kind of blend. It's the type, okay. of, thing, it's the type of thing where I think, uh, I think the centaur bit is more or less ignorable. If you, if we just, if we do like the the thing of saying that, hey, it's just a, it's just a, fa- um, I don't know, a fantasy worldy. Well, yeah, I was actually we talk about with high fantasy. I was actually trying to, I was thinking a minute ago, and I thought, well, 
what if we kind of went in a in a different direction and instead of making this like a like instead of making this like a like a big budget like you know grandiose kind of thing what if we made it like a small scale very dry and very like weird artsy kind of movie oh yeah okay where things are very abstract She's like it takes se- yeah i know exactly what you're saying you know mm-hmm. like like it's 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 more modern but like Maybe she's she's a centaur, but and she's got two feet in like her future and two in her past. That's why. Well, oh, I was, that's good. I was more thinking like maybe he, maybe like somebody is like in love, like going through this romance with Anthea through some sort of like like they're communicating through some kind of magical means, and they're falling in love and going through their own stories separately. And at the end, maybe it can be revealed that, like, she's a hallucination and this person's actually just sick. Like, you know, and that could be the tragedy is not only were you in love with a fantasy, you know, but it's like now you you got to go to, like, an institution, man. You're, you're messed up. <laughs> that <laughs> could, that's possible. Almost I, like, I like a the, beautiful mind kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I like the fantasy aspect. Something like, um, say, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Where it's like it's a probably a pretty simple story. It's a simple story at the end of the day, but it's the way it's told is with a bunch of kind of colorful magical metaphors. Perhaps, mm. but I'm trying to I'm trying to think of an example. Like there are movies that have done this, you know, where it's like we're talking about something serious, but there's sort of an off-putting like fantastical image that we're using to do it. Like I'm almost thinking like Donnie Darko. Uh, you know, where I, it's like this is not. I, Funny. Honestly, I've I've totally but, I've seen a movie that does this, and it's like the perfect example. I just have no idea what the name of it was. I yeah, oh, like you know what I'm thinking of Wes Anderson movies. Like everything's very dry, but it all feels weird. Yeah, maybe. Like okay, maybe um, hmm, maybe um, like I'm thinking of um, man, uh, to buy like uh, Anthea is the thing that I can work around. I'm trying to figure out how Alex and Tobias could possibly both be in the same story. <laughs> uh, maybe. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Or like, what kind of roles do they they fill in this romantic tra- tragedy? Which one's the gay best friend? The the Benvolio or whatever. Definitely Tobias. That Tobias? could that could actually be a he, lot of fun. He's <laughs> a sailor. Oh yeah, them sailors, all right. <laughs> well, um, well, maybe maybe this, um, maybe. Uh, Oh, wait a second. Are there still sailors? I have an idea. I don't know. What if... Uh... Oh, man. I'm thinking, what if Alex is our main character and he's released on parole, but maybe that's just how the movie makes it look? Oh, and are you doing that Oh, he's still in the incarcerated? No, 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 no. Maybe he was in a mental institution... And he was released. They figured he's well enough to enter society again. And he slowly just, he well, he's going through this whole romance with Anthea, but it just kind of like gets to a point where he's, his, his vision of reality just gets more and more twisted. And at the end, he ends up um, going back, like they re-incarcerate him. And then it's revealed to the audience that it wasn't jail. It was a mental institution. And since he started hallucinating that he was in love with a centaur, they 
put him back. <laughs> and then, you know, like, and um, Tobias could totally be a part of that because that could be almost like a hint eventually that it's like, wait, this is weird. How is this a thing? You know? Oh, oh, and you know what? What if there's like there was some kind of electroshock therapy involved with uh, with his treatment at the mental asylum? Well, and that... there was a sign that said hazardous voltage. <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah and and that's then why that, the, that could the even... festival came up. That could even yeah. be a thing. That could even be a thing. Like, uh, uh, wait a second. Wait. Well, I'm at, I'm adding to this idea. What if he's in the inst- what if he's in the institution already? No, wait. That doesn't make sense. Well, what I was going to say is that uh, we this is actually a, a solid bridge between the ideas that we had earlier about all right, is this a period piece or is it or is it modern days that he's yeah, hallucinating yeah. in modern days, but hallucinating of a world that is rooted in the past yeah well that's why i'm saying like we need to clearly address like there is not a centaur walking around in the modern day like i'm I'm imagining i'm imagining him having some sort of like window or some sort of like portal or thing that he can look into and see her and talk to her and they long to be together you know and maybe the sun feast thing can be like a thing where he's He's trying to find some way of, of crossing over into her world to be with her or vice versa. And that's like the whole hook of the movie. And at the end, it turns out he gets reinstitutionalized. And we can see that like maybe Tobias is a patient, too. He believes that he's some he's some prince, you or know, what if the, or if uh, Tobias was like his, I don't know what you call him, a parole officer in a way. As if there's a mental institution equivalent of that, his his doctor that he sees. Like, regularly? like a nurse or something that is like trying to play good cop and like get on his side, like a therapist. Yeah, like a, like a well, therapist that he still sees regularly, even though he's been out of the out of the system. I'd like that mm. character to exist. I just don't know if I would want it to be Tobias because I think that's an interesting because that would be part of the hook at the end when it's like I'm sorry, the twist at the end where they reveal he's in an institution and everyone like the audience would be like, "What?" and then you would see Tobias. And he's just there with him, like, in the same, like, you know, like, uh, patient clothing or whatever. And Okay. Be, uh, like, clearly delusional, and you can be like, oh, crap. Was this all, like... I'm, th- I'm not sure if we're on the same the same page here. So, what you're saying is that the, the entire movie is happening while he's in this uh, asylum. Like, well, that's... Like he, or has he... Is it him being released from the asylum and going back to the asylum? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, he's been let out and everything seems okay but then slowly he yeah. kind of like falls back into Tobi- his ways yeah tobias as another patient doesn't make sense if, if we're going with the latter yeah no i i i'm with you um he gets out and things get weirder and weirder and at the end he ends up back in but what i'm saying is tobias could be just someone he knew that could actually be a foreshadowing maybe they both get out and Tobias goes through his own kind of mini side arc. Hmm. Actually, the- I, yeah, uh, I think I might have it. Okay, so he thinks that Tobias is like away sailing at some point, you know, ends a second act, beginning a third act. And it, it turns out that, yeah, he just tr- he broke out and he was actually eventually brought back in. But- oh, he can he can write him letters. Oh, that's like neat. He, he keeps getting letters from Tobias saying like, you know, I miss you, old friend. I hope you're doing well. You know, uh, I'm sailing right now, having a great time, you know, and I can't wait to to reclaim my inheritance and, and goes on this whole. And like that could be like kind of a, a thing throughout the whole movie. 
you know, and there, there could even be like, like scenes that show him and show this fantastical stuff going on. Cause he's picturing this happening. And oh, I actually thought of a really, um, th- the great parallel is that all right, he spends the majority of the movie in the mental asylum and he briefly, maybe he breaks out on his own. Maybe he is let out of whatever the case is, but that parallels with him leave, going to the, the magical world with the centaur, uh, with, uh, and, and, and Anthea, 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 Going to the magical world with Anthea. So the magical world is his outside world. They're one and the same. And that mm. everything that he he's hallucinate, hallucinates is magical and wonderful about it is, I don't know, how, what would it be, a terrible, awful thing outside? Well, maybe... I was picturing, like, he hallucinates, like, most of the movie is him, like, trying to hide the fact that Anthea's a centaur from people that are like, what are you talking about? Well, yeah, like, I, I was thinking, all right, here, let me, I'm, it's starting to kind of form here in my head. Let me, let me, I'm thinking, like I said, we start off with him being released, and they men- they, they only kind of allude to, like, it seems like he was in jail. Like, we can even have him, like, you know, tattoos and you know, and and the way he talks about like coming back out is very like everyone treats it as a taboo, and they look at him strangely, and he has trouble getting on his feet, getting a place to live, getting a job, and you know, so we make it seem like he was a criminal of some sort, or and maybe we can even hint at like, oh, there was an incident. Um, and Tobias is maybe still in the institute, like maybe you, it could be like, oh, my friend that's still on the inside. And he can write all these letters, and the letters could be about how he wants to, you know, break free and go and find his, you know, his true love or whatever. But then that could be a thing later on where he breaks out, and that, like I said, kind of foreshadowing, like he gets pulled back in, and that could be when we the audience starts to get a hint of like what's really going on here, you know. And then at the end, um, his hallucinations get so bad that he ends up getting put away. And then that's when we see him and Tobias both there and we start to see what's going on. Oh, okay. They're both delusional. Mm-hmm. Like you oh, see, that's, um, that's kind of the well, general. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm just thinking like currently I'm thinking to myself, I'd really love to see Tobias in more of a physical presence than just him being right about. Well, when he breaks out, maybe he can come and find him and be like, you know, you can help me, you know, I'm here. It's time for, you know, like, and yeah, and then, yeah, okay. and he can, you know, here, well, here, maybe Anthea can help us, you know, and maybe Tobias is continually like breaking out, and that's when he actually sees him. <laughs> but in in his narrative, it's like, oh, you know, you're you're back, you're you're back from your sailing trip, trying to you know get your your family yeah. fortune back. But we have to, it would have to be like clever filming so that, like, you wanna you wanna believe everything that Alex believes, mm-hmm. you know, you you want it to be so that like. Every like all the stuff that he thinks is going on is what the audience thinks is going on, and it, it isn't until like end of Act Two that you start to think like, wait a second, you know. And um, we haven't well, talked much about Anthea. Let's let's talk about how she, what presence she has here. Sure. Uh, well, uh, do we want to say that everyone is also disturbed by her being a centaur, or do we want to just kind of overlook that fact? Do, do um, we want her to just like fit in like totally naturally and normally? Actually, I think you know, maybe it should start out with her, uh, be, everybody being like put off by the fact that she's a centaur, but then like over the course of the movie, as the delusion deepens, like everybody kind of just treats it like it's like uh, somebody with like a purple highlight in their hair, like 
well, notable, sorry. but not unusual. First of all, I want to I want to point out that we spent a great deal of time making this work, and I'm proud of us. <laughs> um, I here's here's a thought. You see, Victor, I have. from adversity comes strength. We can do anything. If if you want to really earn the twist at the end, um, because remember, there's really no hint of him being crazy. You think he's an ex-con. It's yeah, it's not right. it's not till the end you realize oh he's been crazy this whole time. So what I think would be interesting is if he realizes how crazy it sounds, and every time people ask him about it, he's like, "Well, she's different, you know. She's 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 from a different place, you know. She's kind of different from us." And mm-hmm. and you know, like he doesn't tell people she's a centaur, and like understands that it's a taboo, and that kind of gains trust with the audience, where they're like, "Okay, so." He's not crazy. He realizes this is like, you know, like just a weird situation, but like, but it still makes everyone around him uneasy. And that's yeah, like, they're all, that's they're all, yeah. well, cause that could be a thing is cause, well, cause again, it's a bait and switch. Cause everyone's going to be like, how come we never see her? And he'll be like, it's just, it's a private thing, you know, like, like, you know, cause he doesn't want to show people this way that he magically communicates with her. Are you thinking about yeah. him? Like going back to family members and talking about this, like great girl that he met. Yeah, and, yeah, like he's like really, really interested in this girl, mm-hmm. and he's hoping that they can be together soon. And that's what he's saying is like, until I can bring her here, you know, free her from this whatever, then no one's going to believe me. So I might as well just kind of keep it vague, you know. Um, so maybe that's kind of how how speaking how we that, what, speaking of that whatever. I, I want to unpack that just a little bit. There's a so she has to return to the magical world before the sun feast. Mm-hmm. And, um, or else the thunder, t- the thundering tyrant will be released and, uh, initiate 10,000 years of darkness. But it's like a stormy darkness. Maybe it's like, maybe that's Which, just an exaggeration of him being incarcerated again and getting electroshock for another yeah, 10 I'll, years. Yeah, that, that's really good. Oh, yeah. I, I like that. That's a, that's an awesome parallel. Yeah. Just, and he, well, sorry. It's, 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 my, my fancy gears are just are just grinding, put, trying to sh- shove it in my head. I'm like, it's not thunder tyrant. It's thundering tyrant. Yeah. It's, el- it's, it's electrical, but it's darkness. <laughs> and my, my, yeah. My and that's, like, that's another <laughs> that's another thing where like she'll be the one that keeps talking about that. And that could be the thing is she really is metaphorical. She represents him wanting to be in a world that's just better than the one he lives in. You know, he longs for fulfillment in a place where the world isn't like it is here because he's constantly rejected and, you know, go ahead. That that dark past of him being getting electroshock therapy, that's what's haunting his relationship with her. That's what's haunting him in the real world. Right. Oh, you know what? What if the Sun Feast, what if, like, he's released around, like, May 20th or so, and his first month checkup uh, coincides with the summer solstice. Maybe. What I was also thinking is that the way that... he's got like that in his head, mythologically. What I was also thinking is that the way he ends up kind of drawing attention to himself as losing it is she says that in order for her to be released into his world, there's some sort of like conditions she needs or items or something and so she asks him to do things like you know i need you to do this and do that and they're like kind of weird dangerous off-putting things and that's how people start ending up like what are you doing 
And he's like, I know it's crazy, but it, it, I have to do this, you know. And like, you'll understand. You'll understand when it's done. Oh and that's, yeah, yeah. And that, that's that, the that, thing. Like, that's a really fast way for him to get reinstitutionalized. Right, but the mm. thing is, it's it's perfect because we're on his side. We accept as the audience that like, no, it, it looks crazy, and of course people are going to think he's crazy. That's such a trope, you know. People think, oh, you're insane. You need to be put away. Mm. But then that's that's what makes it tragic. Is at the end he does get put away, and you find out it was fake you know like he was yeah, just yeah. crazy except if you really want to make it tragic we do that whole thing we earn it we make you believe oh yeah look tobias wasn't what we thought he wasn't seeing what we thought blah 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 and then maybe we can have some real gut punch at the end where like we pan out and he's like alone in the asylum and then we just show like like a little like i don't know like a mirror or something on the wall and like her face appears and just starts to like just tears are in her eyes i, I had something I, credits again, just like oh well, man he I was better than, crazy. I better than that outside his window he can he can like see her in the distance and hear her calling his name something well something that shows that and that's one of those oh, that's even better because then you wonder wait was he crazy or did this crazy thing just happen to happen to someone who it just was the worst person it could have happened to because everyone yeah, thinks he's right. crazy. Yeah. Like, and it's like, and it's either one is equally likely and you'll never know and he'll never know. And that is actually really tragic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. So we made a, so we made an urban fantasy paranoid fiction. <laughs> Psychodrama. <laughs> Hey psychodrama guys, romantic just, tragedy that just goes to show guys you know we we got there we had to tack we had to staple a bunch of you know did we just do a double genre bork <laughs> oh god did we just we, do a genre may, voltron we may have oh god <laughs> we've got a we made the, the best friend gay so a little bit of romantic comedy in there darn it he would definitely be the comic relief oh yeah yeah uh yeah. Let's other, do some uh, scene. Let's do some scene work because we're a little we're a little under on time here. Yeah, that's why <laughs> yeah, I, it was so easy to do this somehow. <laughs> no, we, no, it's because we just, this is funny because what did we, what did we do last week and it was it was like a, a challenge. Uh, last week was treasure hunt. <laughs> yeah, we struggled making a treasure hunt. Well, <laughs> but... with this, it, I think it's because we didn't really work on a story here. We tried super hard to frame it so that all three of these characters can exist. <laughs> Yeah, and, and in doing so, it's like we, it all fits now. Yeah, we have we have a framework. Well, that's why I said like, hey, let's spend these last twenty minutes working on some scene work. Okay, cool. All right, hmm. all right. Uh, do you want to say like, there's some maybe more comedic, kind of lighthearted scenes? Like part of it is a romance, or part of it is a, is a well, romantic comedy. Yeah. Well, that's now a... he's just determined to build just more of a monster. Just more. <laughs> Well, oh yeah. What I was gonna say is, uh, what are some funny things for a centaur lady to do? I, I, I was just thinking in my head if oh, they, they go oh. on like, a moonlight boat ride. I was thinking shoe shopping. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> at like a store for horseshoes. Maybe, maybe like there, it's like you know, like Christmas or something, and he's buying horseshoes, and everyone's like, "Why?" It's like, uh, they're for a friend. Good luck, right? Uh, Four times the good luck. She believes in good luck charms, and um, I'd appreciate if you stop asking. (laughs) I like how you didn't go with the obvious workaround, like she has a horse. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, because, like, he's... <laughs> yeah, that's what first he, he, pro- he probably oh, thinks, like... probably no. had a horse or something. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, here's a scene that is, like... I think it fits with um this kind of uh, hallucinatory... <laughs> I don't know, paranoid fiction type storytelling of something like he goes that he's planning on going out on a date with some, with her and um and someone like accidentally like is like follows him and like tries to tries to you know meet her like tries to corner her and she's mm. of course isn't there because she's not real and he asked us like what what's going on is in his head while that goes down it, it, does she like see another person and runs away because she doesn't trust anyone I think the only way we can talk about that is if we talk about something else we haven't figured out yet, which is how does he talk to her? I was thinking maybe like he can only see her in mirrors. I don't think that's a that's they'll make it for a long movie. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking it's more of like I think she's just existent in the real in his world. Yeah, no, because then then that's walk- that's in the fake world. I feel like that's going to be way more problematic. I mean, like, because him walking around outside with her is going to be way too obvious. Like but I said, not, I, I, not if I we feel like this as a fantasy style world, like we've been saying, a period piece of oh, this is uh, this world has a little more magic to it. Yeah, maybe like here and there, there's like some scattered uh, fantasy elements or well, something that, that but, but maybe. What do you want to looking at mirrors the whole movie? Just spend well, every, what I'm, every what scene I'm saying, with the two of them and looking at a mirror. Well, hear me out for a second. I was under the impression that, like, he wanted her... He either wanted to join her in her world or bring her into his world. And he knew, like, there was some sort of, like, magical means that he talked to her. And that's the thing. He falls in love with her and wants to be with her. And that's why, like, he tries to do all these crazy things. Because she says, oh, um, you know, in order to break the curse or whatever you have to do this this and this and that's how he ends up drawing attention to himself well the curse doesn't have to be that she's imprisoned or Or in another world or something like she's she's thoring she's the little mermaiding but do you but do you remember earlier when we said like he refuses to tell people she's a centaur because he knows how crazy it sounds yeah right yeah but that doesn't that doesn't work if she's walking around like you know perhaps uh he has he has to go to like a, a forest outside Okay, yeah, so like, she like, so okay. she she lives in the forest. Yeah, they have a meeting. That's spot. where she feels comfortable. That's different. That okay. That's okay. That's better. I can live with that. I can live. With yeah. That. Okay. Because then compromise. it's not. Then it's not like she. Like you see what I'm saying? It's counterintuitive. Like I want it to be like ridiculous yeah. to everyone that she's a. Centaur. It's a little. Yeah, it's a little bit bridge to Terabithia, which I like. Yeah, it's a little bit a uh, friendly monster movie. <laughs> well, because like I, like I said, I really want it to be pulling the rug out from under the audience when you realize that. This is not happening. Yeah, yeah, um, right. I, a I got friend, you. A friendly with benefits monster movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, all right, yeah. that works. So he's in the woods. Now, so are we saying he's in the woods alone? Well, yeah, I, I was saying that, like, nor- yeah, normally goes there alone, or maybe, maybe it's this park, like the, this very deep part of the uh, uh, nearby park. And, and But I'm saying, like, there's totally has to be a scene where, like, someone that he knows, like a family member, maybe a younger sibling, follows him to meet her. And she's not there. Look, that look, sounds like some kind of teen girl shenanigan. Yeah, maybe a, his y- younger sister, like wants teen to, girl squad, wants to meet this this girl that I keep seeing. Hmm. Yeah, and what I'm saying is, I, like, I painted the the problem is that okay, she follows him, 
and she like kind of springs on them like hey where is she and what what happens does the, does she like run into the forest like you know I, no one else can can know know i'm here like I, yeah those, those, probably i i would say like, yeah yeah like she's maintaining a masquerade or something yeah something like that okay well then it's a uh, yeah that that'd be a uh, definitely put them on tough uh, him and his sister put them on tough kind of grounds because then he's like why she's like why are you hiding her from me why are you well, hiding her from us wait maybe in that case what she's doing is hiding in the forest and tells him like i'm hiding because i'm from another place and i need to get back you know i need you to help me and if you help me you can come with me maybe that's what he's trying to do is escape to this other magical place with her um because yeah, yeah. he figures oh i don't fit in here and you know all this stuff and oh well they'd never believe you know they they would never let me be with her if we just reveal that she's real and you also know. the government would try and vivisect her well and that could because like i said i feel like there needs to be some sort of deeper message here and that could just be it is that he's trying he's literally trying to escape reality you know um so that could be an interesting way of doing it mm-hmm. right but uh yeah i'm talking about this this particular issue of okay if someone followed him to her their meeting place like what would go down um, I like the idea of it being kind of a creepy, like, um, like if we're going back and forth between like this person rooting through the woods and then him with her and then like they hear someone coming and yeah. then it becomes like, then it becomes like a chase and it's one of those, I'm not sure what I saw kind of moments. Oh, uh, okay. You know, yeah, like, that's interesting. Like they eventually split up and then his sister runs into him. It's like, why did you like, why were you running? Like, what was, what was so bad? Like, where'd she go? yeah yeah that could be yeah. a thing okay that kind of stuff but all right so i'm like saying all right that scene happens now what's up with the sister what does she go back and tell the family what does she think herself what maybe what's his, maybe that's what's his big excuse maybe that's a maybe that's the big moment where he finally confides in someone and says okay i know you're gonna think this is crazy but she's a centaur and that could be a thing where we don't see what she like maybe we see that she goes to tell his parents Mm-hmm. But like we don't see the conversation, yeah. Because because yeah, okay. that could be that could be planting the seeds of her just being like, um, so he's in love with a fantasy centaur. We need to call the institution, <laughs> like you know, like, and that could be that could be like the damning moment where he finally told someone, and that's exactly what he shouldn't have done. Because then that ends up, you know, yeah, yeah. How did we make this work so much better than a talking dog, which <laughs> is comparatively pretty okay? I thought we made him work. Uh, we did, but the, I, I I haven't listened back to it. Maybe I think the movie as a whole, <laughs> like like yeah, I guess we started making the framework and then filled it in. That that was our problem with our treasure hunts. We we never we never we didn't get the big details out of the way ever. We kept yeah. We started just really hammering out little details. Yeah. Also, yeah. also we didn't give ourselves a whole lot to work with plot wise. Like yeah, a treasure so, hunt, no. a treasure hunt movie is just like oh it, hey. It, it's literally the whole like, hey, the journey's more important than the destination, like you know. But mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is the exact know. opposite. Yeah, where it's like, no, actually, the destination is the whole point. So yeah, okay. So. Well, those are some some. We got all the good details. You guys want to name this thing and go home? Oh, an early one, I guess. That's fine. Um, uh, well, anything yeah. you're, we're missing? Well, um, I like our ending. I think that's that's pretty sweet. That it's like the whole you know, now unreliable narration. Like we don't know what's really going on anymore. Yeah. Um, but we know it's tragic, you know, 
I would just say last note here is that we really do need to sell the romance. Like Anthea needs to be a character that's very endearing and like the romance between them between them feels very real. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um so there'd be a lot more scene work there that we don't yeah, have one, to hammer out, you know, like some of that uh, like friendship into romance type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so that can be Maybe a little bit avatar-y. Uh, well, avatars. She, she's she's not very, a romance. Like, teachery. <laughs> she's very like, uh, I don't like you, and I have to. You're stupid. Uh, you know what? That's right. I don't really <laughs> like Avatar very much. This is more like you know, you're my only hope. You know, well, well, what, about kind of <laughs> what about Pocahontas? What about Pocahontas? That's a little. That, yeah, that's... What, what what about dances with wolves? <laughs> I mean, Pocahontas is a bit better uh, than Avatar, at least, even though it's almost the same. <laughs> no, I think they have the exact same relationship in all three. That's savages, the, savages, barely even aliens, savages, savages, and they dance with wolves. We can we can go real dark and call the movie Half Human. Well, well I think we need to set up a section first. To, to name this movie. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Uh, da, 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 da. It's the five minute limit where we try to name this baby in five minutes or less, which almost never happens. Go. <laughs> okay. It's like her, but instead we call it horse. <laughs> no. Well, she's not a horse. <laughs> yeah. She's half horse. Well, can we, can we, can we just get a, a, a response to the first thing I said? Like, I, uh, what if we went dark and said like half human? Um, I don't feel it. Uh, it doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's right. um, keep, keep rolling somewhere with that. The centaur. Uh, I I kind of think it'd be like a fun, I don't know, long title, like like something like uh, the Indian in my cupboard, <laughs> like the centaur in the forest, the centaur in my heart, the secret centaur, the secret of the centaur. You know what? Uh, centaur sounds like center. No, this is a del- let's not put centaur in the, no, in the title. No puns, please. Uh, <laughs> no, centaur could be in the the title. I think it's a cool word, especially if it's uh, well. I don't think using horse or like horse person is better. No, no, none of that is. That's no good. No. Uh, um, what about like the secret in the glen or something? Like, I don't want to put centaur in the title. Why not? It's a pretty big detail. That you gave us. <laughs> you put Centaur in the movie, not Centaur yeah. in the title? Yeah, that, no. it's the whole point of the movie is he's falling in love with a centaur. I feel like it's actually kind of important. I feel like it's kind of the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> we could just call it Centaur. I, I mean, like, I, I was thinking that, actually, but I don't know how I feel about it. I want to see if we can do better. Like, the, the Centaur is not bad. Or... <sighs> Uh, let's mm. see. I, I wish there was a better, a different word for centaur. Because mm. I feel like, yeah, I I feel like there'd be a better just, I don't know, way to, to frame it. Maybe, what if we maybe, called it just Anthea? I was actually oh. just, I was actually just thinking that. What if we called it Anthea? Yeah, I think that's, 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 that's the winner. Because it's, it, it it's a unique name. Yeah, yeah. it's. Unique name. You see her like on the, uh, the. You see like four horse legs on the cover of the movie. You're like, what's that about? Hmm. That could be like on a bus. <laughs> on a it's bus. just like four horse legs surrounding the word Anthea. Hmm. Or you just kind of like see grass on the ground. 
No, wait, no, mm-hmm. okay. Okay, like, you know that, like, uh, what you call it, The Notebook and Dear John and, like, how they all have, like, the same, like, guy and girl kissing in, like, the rain sun- sunset? <laughs> S- yeah. Same image. Oh, and I have so an you idea. Don't, you don't see her lo- their lower halves. <laughs> what if, what if, um, see, I imagine that, okay, no, you know what? The more, the more I'm thinking of, no, it's, it's weird. No. Um, <laughs> all right. So, Hey, I think we did it. Just moving on. I, I did. No, I did. And I talked myself right out of what I was thinking of saying. Um, hey, so Anthea we named it is Anthea. We did it. We named it. Uh, very good. Um, I can't believe we pulled that off. <laughs> we really did. But, uh, Hey, if have, you, uh, yourselves on the backs, if you have any comments, uh, criticisms, ideas, uh, suggestions, anything you want to throw at us, uh, you can email us. We, our email is podcast.genrebot at gmail.com. We have a Facebook. We have a Twitter. We now have a YouTube channel. Check that oh, yeah. out. yeah. We got a um, new special cu- on there now called John Genrebot Watches Blade. That's we right. We watched Blade 1 and Blade 2 and talked about the, their differences. That's it's right. exclusive. Yes. There's a uh, long-standing feud between Victor and Theo about whether Blade 1 or Blade 2 was better. And we, uh, we're we going to have more Genrebot watches in the future. So if you ch- if you like it, let us know. Press the like button. Tell us tell us what's good and what's bad yeah. about what also, we do. Also, yeah, all our episodes are dividing the season up there. You can, you can browse them. Yep. You can find us uh, at our website at tinyurl.com slash genrebot, where we also have an archive of all our episodes. Um, where you can see all the original music that Adam had to take out of some of the YouTube videos because of the content ID filter. Right? Yeah. You can see my original vision comprised of other people's work. No witchy um, woman. You can download us uh, on iTunes. You type in genrebot on iTunes, we'll come up. We're, uh, you can download for free. Uh, leave us a review. I know it's been a while since we've been asking, but please, uh, reviews are good for us. We want to know what's you know what's what's up, what you think. Uh, tell your friends about us. Uh, we, we're also on Spreaker, Omni, Stitcher, uh, other such podcast venues. Yeah, and, if, you, uh, if you've got a friend that likes uh, that likes I don't know uh, the brainstorming process, <laughs> someone that's a creative type that would like would really you think would enjoy this. Hey, share an episode with them. Share your, your yeah. favorites. You know, just, just send, send yeah. one to say, hey, check this out next time you're working out or whatever. And that's that's our episode, folks. So uh, next week, we are going to be... Oh, wait. Crap. Are we at a finale or or is it an... Nope. We're not? Nope. Okay. All right. Well, then next it's week... It's an Adam episode. It's an Adam episode. Victor, there's never a finale episode after you. That's right. I'm sorry. I, I'm... <laughs> it has been a long day. It's one of those... I left this morning to go to church with my family, and I thought that I was just going to come right back home, and I ended up being out until like seven o'clock p.m. So, <laughs> I, I it's gotcha. a long day. All right, cool. Um, Adam, you're up, man. What do you got for us, uh, guys? I just watched a movie last night, and it's uh, it was Australian, and it was dangerous, and uh, and it it's got a Crocodile Hunter collision course. <laughs> That was actually a really good guess, and you thought of it really fast. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was it was Mad <laughs> Max. Genre. It, it was Mad Max. Mad we're Max. Do- we're doing an outlaw biker movie. Ooh, an wait, outlaw biker movie. Could that also be a Ronin Samurai movie? No. Oh. Because I'm not talking Fury Road. I'm talking Mad Max. Oh, okay. Oh. Do you see number one? Yeah, maybe or maybe Road, Road Warrior. Warrior did this as well, but yeah, there was Outlaw Biker. It's a it's a thing. Wild hogs, get your head. I in the I will I will take you at your word. All right, yeah. So uh, yeah, 
grab grab on those handlebars and see see vroom, vroom. oh and for the record talking motorcycle has been done <laughs> yeah yeah well we already did we already did murder cycle <laughs> oh that's right yeah and said <laughs> crossover oh man <laughs> guys the villain in mad max is named toe cutter yeah and he's the same actor that played uh immortan joe Oh, yeah. The guy really hates Mad Max. <laughs> he hates Mad, he's been hating Mad Max for generations. All right. Well, thanks everyone for stopping by, and uh, we will see you next week. With room, room. Mm-hmm.